This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, my name is Diana Campbell, and I am pleased to be here with you today for, macular, for today's Macular Degeneration Chat, Macular Degeneration Research Update on Research Funding. This chat is brought to you today by Bright Focus Foundation. Macular Degeneration Research is one of our programs at Bright Focus. We fund exceptional scientific research worldwide to defeat Alzheimer's disease, macular degeneration, and glaucoma, and we provide expert information on these heartbreaking diseases. You can find much more information on our website, www.brightfocus.org. Now, I'm pleased to introduce today's guest, Preeti Samaranian, PhD, who will highlight some of the exciting research currently funded by Bright Focus. Dr. Subramanian oversees the Macular Degeneration Research and National Glaucoma Research Programs here at Bright Focus. She ensures a high level of scientific accountability within the Bright Focus Award Programs and engages and maintains strong relationships with the scientific community. Before joining, joining Bright Focus, Dr. Subramanian was a research scientist at the National Eye Institute, the NEI, uh, which is part of the NIH, Nas National Institutes of Health, for more than 10 years. Dr. Subramanian has published peer-reviewed articles in pre prestigious archival journals, including the Journal of Biological Chemistry and Investigative Ophthalmology of Visual Science. Dr. Subramanian, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Diana, for the kind introduction, and it's a pleasure to be here today. Wonderful. I'd like to start with an overview of Bright Focus's approach for funding research. Can you outline how we review research funding proposals and make decisions about awarding grants? Yeah. So in my role at Bright Focus Foundation, uh, I get to read all the applications we receive from scientists worldwide who apply to us with their innovative ideas for macular degeneration. We have a scientific review committee which is comprised of leading scientists and clinicians in the field who guide us in identifying the most innovative science that we can fund. We have a 360-degree approach to funding innovative scientific research worldwide, exploring the full range of scientific paths towards uh, better treatments and ultimately for a cure. And today we will discuss a few research topics that we fund uh, that lays the groundwork for potential future therapy for macular degeneration. That's great. What do we know about the origin of macular degeneration, or AMD, as we commonly hear at the doctor's office? We hear the term inflammation frequently. How does that relate to macular degeneration? Yeah, that's a great question um, to start with. Age-related uh, macular degeneration, or AMD, is a, it's a complex and multifactorial disease, and uh, we are yet to fully understand um, about this, uh, this condition. So one of the areas that is actively being studied is the role of immune system and inflammation. Our immune system is designed to fight off infections, but at the age, our cells are altered by damage due to oxidative stress, and there is accumulation of debris which can cause the immune system to attack our own cells. 
Now, oxidative damage or oxidative stress, it occurs when our bodies produce very reactive molecules that can adversely interact with other molecules uh, within our cells. Now, this results in inflammation, and it can contribute to a number of age-related diseases, such as arthritis, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, and also age-related macular degeneration. Now, there is strong evidence in the scientific literature that inflammation plays a role in AMD, including there are genetic studies showing that changes to certain DNA sequences in the complement genes, which are um, the complement genes are part of our immune system, and alteration in these genes uh, can significantly alter one's risk of AMD. So diminishing inflammation and controlling the immune system in the eye could be a helpful therapeutic approach. And uh, the key will be in determining the most effective way to diminish uh, the harmful inflammation without compromising our ability to fight off infection or uh, without causing any unwanted side effects. So by a therapeutic approach, um, we're talking about potential treatments. Um, do you have examples of some funded studies that slow down inflammation? Sure. So one example is um, a study we are funding um, of Dr. Jeremy Levine. Uh, Dr. Levine's study will determine how different types of immune cells, um, like the microglia and the macrophages, these are types of immune cells, how these can influence the formation of uh, new vessels. And he is looking at this in a model that mimics experimentally um, wet macular degeneration. And uh, he will be identifying different subtypes of these macrophage immune cells that can either promote or prevent the formation of new vessels. And he will also be identifying other immune cells like the microglia, what role they have and how they contribute towards the formation of these new blood vessels. So what does that mean for the everyday person? How will this benefit potentially people with AMD? Sure. So these uh, kind of studies um, really help us to develop therapeutics that can target specific immune cells or specific subtypes of immune cells uh, that play critical roles in uh, development of AMD. And so we, it helps us to come up with a more effective treatment towards that AMD. That's great. And I think you have another example of um, a, a study we're funding uh, regarding inflammation as a target. Yeah, so um, another study uh, that I want to give as an example is um, by Dr. Sian Ghosh, and his project aims to delineate how the interaction between activated uh, microglia, which is a type of immune cells that I mentioned before, and, and uh, neutrophils, which are another type of immune cells, um, how these two interact with each other to develop chronic inflammation, which plays a key role in development of um, dry macular degeneration. And um, Dr. Hakash has some unique models that will mimic these kinds of uh, conditions, and um, it will help him to shed some light on how these interactions can contribute to dry AMD. And uh, it's really key to um, understanding 
you know, the contributions of these cells for chronic inflammation, uh, and these studies will provide a novel background information on new pathways that are involved in macular degeneration that can be targeted for future drug development for inflammation and uh, degeneration that we see with macular degeneration. Yes, we've definitely seen both current and future treatments for dry AMD, in particular, or geographic atrophy, GA, that target inflammation. Are there other new emerging areas of research outside of inflammation? Yeah, one of the uh, very exciting new area is metabolic dysfunction. It's emerging as a key mechanism driving uh, many age-related diseases, including uh, AMD. And uh, Dr. Daisy Shu uh, is one of our grantees who's exploring how metabolic function and mitochondrial health of the retinal pigment epithelium cells uh, that are present in the eye are impacted during the inflammatory response of AMD. And in a recent study that she published from her Bright Focus uh, funded project, she found that a drug that's previously been approved to treat inflammation shows promise in delaying AMD progression. So this anti-inflammatory drug is already approved for use in other conditions like multiple sclerosis, and uh, it has been shown to work by decreasing inflammation and preventing nerve damage. So um, it's also approved as a first-line treatment for skin disease uh, such as psoriasis. So this is a great example of how an already proven drug, approved drug, can be used um, towards um, treatment for AMD. That's really exciting, and that will that would bring it um, to patients faster because um, the safety has already um, been tested. That's wonderful. Can you please talk about other funded research as to how new treatments are identified? Yes, absolutely. So um, the disease models uh, is one area that we've been funding on, and uh, what it is essentially is that it, these models mimic features of macular degeneration in a petri dish. And this can be a game changer because it allows us to not only study the disease better, but also allows us to screen for potential drugs. And we are funding a number of studies in this area. And in one of the studies um, the, that we are funding of Dr. Jennifer Chow, she's developing and characterizing a three-dimensional flow-directed uh, RTE choroid scaffold system. So in other words, uh, she's generating a platform which has the different parts of um, the cells that are involved in, and have a role in the development of macular degeneration. Now, having such a platform allows scientists to study the key elements or features of macular degeneration, such as um, extracellular matrix remodeling, the drusen deposition, the vascular flow uh, that, uh, that has an effect on the choroidal health, the vascular permeability that allows the transfer of metabolites. So essentially, these are all uh, a day-to-day -day event that happens in the eye, and any dysfunction in these can uh, contribute um, towards AMD. And having a model 
that's outside of the eye that enables one to study these, um, that's an advantage um, for more understanding of the disease. So this is what's known as disease modeling. Um, why is this so important to research? So what is having a yeah, absolutely. So having a scaffold system or a platform that can uh, recapitulate all the critical elements that I mentioned about A and B, it will allow for better understanding of the biology of the disease, which scientists are still trying to understand in depth. And it will also help us to facilitate um, drug discovery or screening and uh, with drug development. So um, it has a lot of advantage for the research community to have something like this. That makes perfect sense. AMD can progress to advanced forms at different rates among individuals. What research is being done to identify those at risk for AMD? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So one area that I want to talk about uh, here is uh, artificial intelligence um, or machine learning. And uh, these uh, systems are rapidly advancing, particularly in ophthalmology. Um, but despite the advancements in artificial intelligence or AI, um, for, uh, you know, there's still a lot more that needs to be done to make it more personalized, um, to identify AMD progression. And one of our grantees, Dr. Joel Halak, she's developing algorithms uh, that predict the probability of AMD progression. And she's doing this by integrating eye images along with the genetic information and clinical data into a predictive model. So it's an integrative approach that can help develop tools that will predict the chance of AMD progression in a more personalized patient-by-patient uh, -patient basis. And this is key for AMD since, as you mentioned, uh, it advances at different rates among individuals. So uh, a personalized approach like this uh, will be very valuable. Yeah, it definitely sounds very comprehensive. Um, can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, then, uh, so Dr. Halak and her team will work, um, you know, their, their work will improve the identification of high-risk patients um, as candidates for more frequent screening and earlier treatment. And uh, this can lead to better clinical outcomes. Um, and having this knowledge um, will also empower patients who are at high risk to make necessary lifestyle changes that can reduce one's risk by uh, making changes such as incorporating a diet that's rich in omega-3 and leafy greens that have been shown to be beneficial in macular degeneration. And uh, I also want to talk about another project that uh, we fund. Uh, it's uh, the grant to Dr. Leah Vandenbosch. She aims to develop models um, that can accurately predict the potential impact of non-coding DNA sequences. Now, these are regions of DNA that have um, been shown, not shown to have any function. And uh, there are new studies that are showing, pointing towards um, these regions playing a role in disease. 
So the models generated uh, by Dr. Vandenbosch will be useful in identifying these non-coding variants that may contribute to macular degeneration. And this is an area that's um, been hugely understudied. So a lot of um, key important discoveries uh, can come here. And um, so, you know, as a result, what one can do is AMD-associated variants uh, can be prioritized for uh, functional follow-up, and there can be prediction scores that can be benchmarked by doctors for future use um, in genetic testing. And, um, you know, having this information on these variants of non-coding region could allow for new treatments to become uh, more quickly available. We've heard a lot about lifestyle modifications for AMD. Are we funding research related to those modifications that we can all make in our day-to-day -day life? Yeah, absolutely. That is a strong evidence that a diet uh, that incorporates fruits and vegetables and um, healthy fatty fish such as salmon can protect against AMD. And uh, in, contrast, in contrast, diets high in red meat sugar or simple carbohydrates, and um, the types of fat found in processed food can increase one's risk of AMD. One reason that scientists think that protective foods uh, may provide benefit or may be anti-inflammatory is because uh, these foods can change the composition of the gut microbiome. Now, the microbiomes in the gut are the naturally occurring bacteria, and Bright Focus has supported several studies that point to a protective association between certain profiles of the gut microbiome, and that um, AMD in the long and for AMD in the long term, long term, this could lead to uh, easily implementable, low-cost intervention uh, that targets modification of the gut microbiome, either by diet or uh, we could identify potential pathways that can be targeted for intervention to prevent AMD. And uh, Dr. Amy Millen and her team are examining and comparing the composition and diversity of the gut microbiome in postmenopausal women with and without AMD. So this innovative project like this can help us expand our understanding of nutrition in macular degeneration as mediated through the gut microbiome. Now, the gut microbiome can also influence and modify the body's immune responses and may be of relevance to AMD, given that the immune system has such a strong link to the development of AMD. And one of our other grantees, Dr. Hammond, is uh, exploring the role of gut microbiome in AMD to understand the influence on the immune system. And this will help us to better understand the disease for development of some new therapies for AMD. That's really interesting that um, small changes we make in our day-to-day -day life could really um, you know, become critical to um, halting AMD or slowing the progression. That's wonderful. Um, so, transitioning to a more futuristic area, what is gene editing? 
Yeah, so um, gene editing, uh, so current treatments for um, wet AMD um, rely on frequent injections in the eye. Uh, this can be expensive and also a burden for patients to, uh, to keep up with the frequent appointments for injections. So we are funding grants that are developing um, a potential cure for wet AMD using a powerful gene editing uh, technology called CRISPR. Now CRISPR stands for clustered uh, regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. So these are um, short DNA sequences um, that are part of the defense mechanism in bacteria. And um, scientists have been able to leverage this um, as a very powerful gene editing technology. And this can uh, permanently change the genes that cause that AMD. And uh, hopefully someday um, it can be available as a, as a therapeutic. We're funding Dr. Glenn Yu, who is developing a safe and effective um, approach to deliver these CRISPR editing enzymes into the eye that will help to stop the growth of the abnormal blood vessels that's seen in wet AMD. And, um, and he's doing these in models of AMD and uh, hopefully we can have a similar uh, approach uh, that can be translated to humans uh, to suppress these abnormal vessels. And um, another study is uh, that of Dr. Shusheng Wang, who's also establishing uh, a novel inducible system for uh, blocking the VEGF, which is um, so it can be turned on and turned off on a need by need basis in a way. And this system combines the potency, the reversibility, the safety. And uh, you know it has the potential to treat AMD with just one ocular injection. So these are some exciting uh, gene editing studies that uh, that that we are funding in our portfolio. Wow, that's really um, really. Very interesting. There could potentially even be a cure, but a once-a-year treatment would be life-changing for so many people. That's very exciting. Um, I have one question, um, Dr. Subramanian. Are there any studies being done that correlate dry AMD with Alzheimer's? Do they share the same protein? Um, there are some studies that looked at that, uh, but um, the, uh, the correlation is not that strong um, uh, that uh, between AMD and Alzheimer's, uh, but there have been some facts that have been seen um, early on in the eye. Um, we need more studies that can establish a link uh, between these plaques uh, in the eye with AMD. Sure, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that, that concludes our um, discussion for today. I sincerely hope you found today's chat helpful. Dr. Subramanian, before we conclude, are there any final remarks you'd like to share with the audience? 
Sure. I want to say that basic and clinical research um, that in numerous areas um, have been critical in our understanding and in development, understanding of development of this disease and have helped in making advances um, towards treatment. And we at Bright Focus continue to support the development of new techniques for disease monitoring and treatment and funding innovative science that can potentially lead to groundbreaking discoveries in both uh, management and future treatment of this uh, condition. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dr. Subramanian. Um, thank you for your time and for sharing all of the exciting updates that you have regarding our research funding. Uh, this concludes the Bright Focus chat. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.